And now, The Fine Print with attorney Jen Rout. Welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me as always is my wonderful sidekick, Ben Niedenthal. Oh, that is a cop-out. I'll All take right. it. I'll take it. We'll, but we'll it's a the dude of sidekicks. All right, I'll definitely take that. That's, right. that's cool. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's it going? I'm good. How are things for you? Oh, you know, busy, busy, trying mm. to figure out how to make ends meet, I guess. I don't know. That I started that sentence and didn't have an ending. Oh, yeah, so that's of yeah, I yep. don't know. I've been renegotiating law school debt. Isn't that exciting? Oh, my God, no. Right, tons of fun, but got me thinking that we should really talk about bankruptcy and debt. So I invited my friend Jennifer Kajacob, bankruptcy attorney extraordinaire. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. <laughs> Hi. So we have today in studio, we've got Ben, Jen, and Jen. <laughs> so that's that'll be fun. Not confusing at all. Yes. So I'll, I'll point and that'll be, yeah, that'll be how we, we do things. And <laughs> the audience will have no idea because all they can do is hear us. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, okay. So we're talking about bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, you know, a lot of people rack up law school debt or they get in trouble, not just law school debt, school debt in general. Or credit card debt. Or credit card debt or any number of things. Um, recently, I've had a lot of clients who bought really crappy properties and then they couldn't afford to maintain the properties. So now the city of Columbus is coming after them to condemn the properties and make them pay all of that back. <laughs> what are the addresses here, please? It, no. <laughs> <laughs> um but, you know, they're asking me questions that I don't really know the answers to because I'm not a bankruptcy attorney. So thought we'd talk about what. So is. what you do when somebody asks you a question that you don't know the answer to is you it. bullshit and just <laughs> keep going as hard as you can. Um, yeah, not so much in no? the legal world. I go, I call somebody and get the answer okay. <laughs> or look it up. Yeah. Um, so Jen um, is our resident bankruptcy attorney and. Um, what kind of debts can you bankrupt, essentially? Well, not student loans, or else I'm pretty sure every bankruptcy attorney would have filed bankruptcy by now. Absolutely, right? right? <laughs> um, so, uh, in general, you have two basic types of, of consumer bankruptcy, Chapter 7, Chapter 13. So, I'm going to stick with mostly Chapter 7 stuff, just for basics. But, in general, Chapter 7, your unsecured debt is discharged. So, things like credit card, medical bills... Um, past utilities, things that you owe money, and there's no collateral. There's no security for it. Okay. Okay. But student loans are technically unsecured, but they're not dischargeable, They're not dischargeable, correct. And same with other types of government debts, which we would call priority debts, but that's kind of getting the boring side of things. So there are certain unsecured things that are not dischargeable, and that mainly would be government debt, taxes, fines from a court, things like that, um, student loans. What about judgments? I have some clients that have major judgments against them for all sorts of things. Um, what about those? It depends. Um, if it's a general unsecured debt and there's just a judgment, there's it's still unsecured debt. It's just a, It's just a judge saying you owe what you knew you already owed. So that doesn't really change anything. If there's a judgment lien, 
which is something you could you could find out if you have on the court um, clerk's website, mm -hmm. whichever court it is, um, and you own property, then that becomes secured, and that's not going to be dischargeable in general. There are things we can do to get rid of it, but in general, the basic, it's not going to go away if you have real property for that lien to attach to. Gotcha. But just having a judge say that you owe it doesn't change the type of debt it is. Gotcha. Okay. Well, who's a who's a good candidate for filing bankruptcy? I know that sounds weird to say good candidate, but you mm -hmm. know, if you have a few thousand dollars worth of credit card debt and that's it, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I always when I talk to my clients and there's been thousands um I always look at how much you're bringing in every year, your income compared to your debt, and think about how long is it going to take for you to pay all that off. And that's the judgment I would use. I mean, you can't really compare apples and oranges. So my debt compared to your debt may not be similar at all, but if I'm not making any money, it's going to take me 30 years to pay that off, then it's probably going to make sense for me to go ahead and file bankruptcy and start rebuilding my credit right away. Got it. So... <clears throat> That's an interesting question. Okay. In, in one of my past lives, I was a debt collector for a, a large credit card company based out of Fun. Columbus. Bad guy. Um, He's a bad guy. They, he was. <laughs> I was. Recovering no. bad guy. Uh, and I was let go because I oh. refused to call people because um, I hated <laughs> it. Um, no, I, but uh, no, the guy, uh, but we would have people all the time. We'd call about these, these new credit card debts. And I mean, varying sizes. Sometimes it's 2000 bucks. Sometimes it's, you know, I 30. saw one, it was, <clears throat> I think it was like $130,000 right. or something like that. I mean, don't you kind of wonder how the credit card how, company yeah, let and, that happen? Yeah. And, and, and there were, there, yeah, it was all so weird. And, and we have all kinds of access to like, you know, where you purchase and where you use the card and everything. But the biggest thing we'd always hear is like, you know, well, you've got all this debt. You need to start paying this off. And they'd go, no, no, no. I'm just going to file bankruptcy. Like it's no big deal. Yeah, that's and a personal thing. I don't, not everybody's like that. I would say m the clients I see tend to be on the more conservative side of I'm so embarrassed that I have to do this. Yeah. It also does seem to be an age thing. So mm. at this point, I would say people over 50 usually are a little more concerned about people knowing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's all around, all over the board. I mean, there's some 25-year-olds that are just like, I can't let my dad find out. It's such right. a big deal. But some people, I mean, I have repeat filers now too. I've been doing it long enough. You can't, you can't file, you can only file every eight years. Yeah. Um, but now that I've been doing this 13 years, yeah. um, I have some people that are, I filed for way at the beginning of my career that are coming back to me that need to file again. Oh my and God. some people do, they do that. They, well, I guess I'll just file bankruptcy and it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Them? No. And the I law, mean, it, the law I mean correct me it. if I'm wrong, but it, it jacks up your credit, right? You know, I think if you have good credit, yeah, it would. But most people, that by the time they get to me, their credit's already pretty much in the basement. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. So, I mean, yeah. because a lot of your credit score depends on the amount of debt you have compared to your debt limits. Yeah. So, and that's not something we all think about a lot. But huh. so, Isn't that the biggest factor, though, in your credit score is I, your, um, or at least one of the big, big factors is your available credit to used credit ratio so mm -hmm. yes a, an optimum credit score will have less than 25 percent of their available credit used right it's something that rotates and that changes too with the economy yeah so when the economy is really good if your if your balances are at 50 percent of your limits it's not as big of a deal but then once we got to the 2007 2008 economy 
debacle. Yeah. And the creditors were saying, no, you shouldn't have more than 25 to 30% of your balances. Yeah. Your hmm. limits. Yeah. Right. So, so if every credit card you have is maxed out. Which usually is by the time you get to me. Yeah. That's a big deal. Then your credit score is already in the basement. Yeah. And filing bankruptcy really isn't going to change things for your credit at yeah. that point. Things that would make it harder for you to get credit in the future, which is what I think the credit score is for, would be a foreclosure right. or judgments. Yeah. Um, evictions because those are the types of things that you in the future you need to not have if you want to rent again and you have three evictions it's going to be hard if you have a foreclosure and you want to buy a house again it's going to be a little more time for you to put in to rebuild your credit before you can get another mortgage yeah so the bankruptcy won't necessarily hurt your credit as much as those other things combined with bankruptcy yeah gotcha hmm okay um what about those people who don't really have enough debt justify a bankruptcy are there other ways for them to handle their debt yes we do a lot of debt settlement at my office um, where everything's going fine but this one creditor is so out of control and I can't and they want to sue me and they won't take anything except for a full payoff those types of things sometimes it gets to a, a complaint in a court mm -hmm. um, I will work with the creditor directly on behalf of my clients to try to resolve that um, in a quick time efficient manner um, that generally would not be monthly installments it would be uh, a lump sum payoff or maybe three installments but that's the way we get the creditor to accept less than the full balance is by getting them a quick payoff within about 30 days maybe 90 at the most okay so you're kind of settling the debt you owe 10,000 but we're gonna accept five because it's cash in hand yep within 30 days usually mm. and it's you know that I know all us lawyers have dis disclaimers. No one creditor seems to have any kind of pattern with the percentage they'll accept. No. It could be 40% for one client. The next day, it's 75% for another client. I have, I mean, again, 13 years of this, and I have no rhyme or reason for those percentages, but it works sometimes. As sometimes. in arbitrary, as in, or as in, like, I don't like this person, therefore? I think the creditors probably have some kind of formula. Yeah. And there's probably something in the background that I don't get to see and I don't get to be privy to. But it's probably got to do with the whoever's collecting, yeah. whether if it's the original creditor or a third party and what percentage they're going to make. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, I had one. The, the attorney drove from Toledo to Jackson, Ohio. <laughs> Middle of nowhere. <laughs> Five-hour drive. For a $2,000 debt, we settled it for $100, paid that day cash. And you could have done it on the phone. We could have done it on the phone. But what do you think they build their client? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but I mean, he had authority for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, and I looked at my client. I was like, you just pay that. Yeah. <laughs> like right yeah. now. We're going to take that yeah. out of the trust account. Yeah. Right. We're going to pay that <laughs> right. right now. <laughs> um, but I'm with you. I've had some that I've helped with a few. I'm going to call it debt settlement, you know somebody gets a lump sum of money, like mm -hmm. a small inheritance, and they're like, I want to clean up my credit. I now have too much money because of my inheritance to file bankruptcy, file bankruptcy yeah. but I want to keep as much money for me as possible. So, yeah. well, then I have cash. Yeah. So I can be like, check tomorrow. Yep. Or yeah. if you cut it down this much. So cash in hand is a big swaying factor, I find. And huh. I'm going to be honest about this. I tell, and I, I don't know that all attorneys will love me for this, but 
most of my clients can do this on their own, but it becomes very emotional for them. Yeah. And it's not necessarily an additional legal skill we have, except for the fact that we do it a lot. We do a lot of negotiating. Um, but most clients, if they can check their emotions, they could probably call and make the same thing happen. Yeah. Um, but it just gets so emotional for them, and I don't blame them. For me, it's just numbers. Yeah. I do really care about my clients, but also it's just numbers. So if I have a, a not-so-friendly collector or attorney collecting for the credit card, it doesn't really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, so and the collectors, and from experience, they, they teach you ways to bully people so that they pay their bill to, to make it's you feel. Yeah, and like <laughs> uh, at one point, and this is actually the point where I kind of stopped doing my job, was I was calling, it was like three days before Christmas, I was calling this little old lady who had to choose between paying her credit card bill and her heat. Right. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Right. Why am I doing this? You know, I'm bullying this little old lady. And, you know, so, and yeah. More recently, I've had clients actually bring in voicemail messages because we're all so mobile now. Um, and it, the most recent one last week I heard was, I think, a federal subpoena. First of all, the collector didn't identify who they were collecting for, which creditor. So, which they're like, not allowed to do. Right. But so, they do it all the time. And then they threatened, like, um, a grand jury, federal subpoena or magistrate so not like when you're an attorney you're like that none of that makes sense together none of that so we're us nerdy attorneys are just like that's hilarious okay well is that because i i think there's going to be an inevitable question does that mean that the person who's receiving that call has a right to any kind of legal action against that if they're misrepresenting or technically yeah (laughs) Okay. What are you going to get from it? Yeah, what exactly. What are you going to get? I yeah. mean, that that's the problem. You know? I think that's that's that should be another one of our like bullet points for this podcast is what are you actually going to get is out of this? It? Yeah, so, is it worth doing whatever this is? Right, and if you can't afford to pay your bills already because for whatever reason, I mean, people have all sorts of reasons. Sure. Um, but if you can't afford to pay your debts anyways, is it really going to be worth paying an attorney to go after somebody for breaking all of the fair debt, debt collection practices mm. rules. Uh, not normally. Yeah. But, and actually because of this, there's also a lot of scammers. Ah. And you have to be careful because, for instance, the IRS is never, ever, 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 ever going to call you. They're never going to call you and tell you that there is a federal subpoena or a grand warrant jury. <laughs> or anything else. I've gotten emails from the IRS. <laughs> right. Right. The, the IRS will send you a letter, mm-hmm. a certified letter. And then if you have been working with them for a while, maybe you will then have a phone call appointment. Right. But you're going to have so much in writing, you're going to know it's definitely the IRS. Right. But that's how there's a lot of fraud because... The, these scamming debt collectors will call and say, you have an IRS or outstanding IRS bill or cre- whatever the debt is. But if you give us $500 right now, we'll there won't be away. an officer at your door right. tomorrow. And we automatically jump to, to IRS debt, right? Because that's the only thing that would be criminal to need right. a grand yeah. jury. But these people had no government debt at all. So yeah. it had to be, if it was a legitimate debt at all, it was a consumer debt that they were just trying to scare the bejesus out of my clients. 
Right? And fortunately, they called me right away. We haven't filed their bankruptcy yet, but it's, it's signed and ready to go, just waiting on some documents. And they called me right away, and I just I had the same reaction. I was like, yeah, you can delete that. That's wow. hilarious. Right. For us, it's hilarious. But for, for the average person, it's scary and yeah. emotional. And Well, when you see something that is theoretically from you know, the Internal Revenue Service at, aimed at you saying scary, scary words. <laughs> yeah, that's going to get your attention. Yep. Right. You know, so, but that's, that's dirty. Yeah, it's very dirty. So that's not a good thing at all. Um, and you got to be careful about that. Um, and so that's kind of what you're paying us for to handle those things. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, what's the process for file? So you meet with a client, they... It makes sense for them to file bankruptcy. What are the steps to this? So I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, when we're talking about a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, I'm always going to look to see if they have assets that could be uh, liquidated by the trustee through the court. And if that's a concern, they may not be a good client, to answer your question, or a, okay. a good Chapter 7. Or they may make too much money and they could afford to pay back some of their debt, but not all of their debt. Hmm. So we look at either Chapter 13 options or debt settlement options. Um, but to get a case going, I generally, in my office, I try to do it really quickly. Like, um, so I don't want to waste my client's time. Right. Um, I generally do two appointments with the client to get a case filed. And then a lot of it's going to depend on how organized and expeditious my clients are. So we could go from an initial consultation, which is free at my office, to the next day them giving me all their paperwork and all their legal fees and a week later have their case filed. It could be that fast. Hmm. Um, uh, most clients are not that fast. I, I always take payments on legal fees. That's always the first question. How am I supposed to pay you if I can't pay my bills? I just I want my client to pay me a little bit every period. So if it's pay period every month, every regular period for them. I don't try to set up a schedule. I let them decide what they're doing. And I think that works better because my old firm, we used to tell them when they had to pay us and that doesn't work out, right? Right. right. They may not work you're, you're, for what they yeah, not talking they're... to your demographic right. there, you know. Um, so we collect all the paperwork. My office is really amazing. I have some amazing staff people that are always there, like right now, collecting documents and legal fees. So every work business day between nine and five, clients can drop off documents. Every twenty four seven, they can email or fax documents. Um, once I have that, I do about a week's worth of work behind the scenes, and then I have them when we would have scheduled already an appointment for them to come back, we go through for about an hour, hour and a half, every little detail on their bankruptcy petition, which is probably the worst part if you think about it that they don't enjoy, but it's fun because I like to have fun at my office. Um, and That's then, good. yeah, we make all these changes, corrections, if it's, if it's ready to go, if all the assets are protected the way they need to be protected and all the income is where it should be, we press enter on a computer and it gets filed with the federal bankruptcy court so hmm. we don't even go downtown anymore to file a case wow no. it's all electronic and if you do have to go to the bankruptcy court in downtown columbus you cannot bring your cell phone in you cannot At bring all. anything you will have to take your shoes off to go yes. through the metal detectors because apparently they are very concerned about security at the <laughs> bankruptcy court. It's a lot more sensitive than a, a common pleas or municipal court metal detector. It's uh, amazing. Huh. Yeah. That's the inside version Weird. of the 
bankruptcy court. Weird. Right. I, I go into court of common pleas all the time, carry in my purse, they scan the purse, I walk Good. through the metal detector, no problem. It's easier than airport security. You've got all those swords with you right. and, you know. The guards aren't even really looking. Yeah, they're right. all asleep. No. <laughs> you go to bankruptcy court and they are making you s- s- go through your bag and do you have your phone? Are you an attorney? Well, I need to see your attorney card and... Whoa. <laughs> Not so bad once they get to know you, but right. yeah. I don't go down there very often. Yeah. Wow. And I also just found out that there's an attorney card, by the way, which I yeah, didn't know. There is a bar. So. It's a bar card. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not the fun bar. Yeah. No. Is it like an FBI badge? Yeah. Because that would be sweet if it <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, if you get the upgraded credentials carrier, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Attorney at law, you know, boom. <laughs> boom. Yeah. That'd be yeah, great. That would be sweet. Okay, so, okay, we kind of touched on this a little bit. I mean, just for... Is filing bankruptcy an expensive process? I don't think so. If you look at the, first of all, if you compare it to what you owe, no. Yeah. Second of all, if you compare it to other legal processes, no. Right. Um, I once worked in a uh, building with a DUI defense attorney. Yeah. And his retainer was five grand. Wow. So I don't know that all DUI defense attorneys are that yeah. much. He was. He's really good. So he's yeah. higher. Yeah. Um. My for a chapter seven, you're looking at between twelve hundred and fifteen hundred for legal fees, maybe less if you're uh, fixed income. I'm just I'm always going to take into consideration the situation. So right, my I'm not going to have somebody who makes nine hundred a month pay me one two thousand dollars. Yeah, it will. I'll never get paid. Number one and number two, they it, they can't live on that. So yeah, it's always going to kind of be related to the amount of income they have. Um, but for the amount of time I put in, I think I'm making maybe, I don't know, five bucks an hour or something. Huh. So, and, and then there's a filing fee. Chapter 7 legal uh, filing fee is $335 right now. Okay. It's always changing. Um, and then you have some incidental fees. Uh, maybe if you have to pay to get a copy of your car title, hmm. that could be, I think, maybe $12, $15. And then okay. you have to pay to do credit counseling. There's yeah. an online credit counseling class. You have to do two classes. And that's about 20 bucks per class. Yeah. So... It's okay. A, it's a, I would say all in under two grand, pretty much any case of okay. chapter seven. All right. Which, and at the same time, I mean, that's not the kind of thing that's, it's not an answer to God, I've got all this debt. I don't, I wish I didn't have it. It's, I mean, do you end up turning people away for sort of that sentiment or is that money um, in the bank? I don't know. That they, no, not <laughs> like, at all. Know, if, yeah. if the law, I, the way I've been taught, yeah. the law allows for them to file bankruptcy all I'll file it for them. If yeah. If they fit within the parameters of the law, yeah. I'll file it. Um, now, I'm super ethical. So, yeah. Uh, there's things where I'm going to say, you you don't, you can pay this back in three three months. You know, like, yeah. I don't want you to ruin your credit. Right. I'll tell them that if, um, if it's not going to help them or if the types of debts they have that are really burdening them aren't going to be discharged. Yeah. So they have like 2,500 credit card debt, but. Thirty grand in IRS debt, and it's not going to go away with a Chapter Seven. I'm not going to take their money and file that case for them, right? Um, even if that's what they know they they need to do. A lot of clients come in knowing what they need to do already. Mm. So um, the more cases I turn away are the ones that uh, people I don't trust, people gotcha. I don't think are telling me the truth. Ah, because then I have a liability, right? If if I don't believe that if they're not telling the truth, I can get in trouble, right? Mm. So basically, if they're hiding debts. Or assets. assets or preferential payments to family members, friends. Ah. Right. Like they're paying off creditors they want to pay, but not the ones they don't like. Gotcha. Yeah. We had one client way back in the day who, um, 
we'll call him scandalous, <laughs> who met with Jen about a bankruptcy. And I swear every week we were finding some other story. Next thing you knew, it was, well, we have assets in a bank in Russia. And seriously. Wow. Like, well, I mean, but we don't need to talk about that because it's not here, so nobody will know. Right. No. <laughs> you have to testify under oath that this is everything, so we do know. Yeah, we need to know everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's those kind of people that we would always be concerned about yeah. because you're like, what, what, what are we doing here? So, okay, so from the layperson's lay perspective, they come in and let's say they're, you know, somebody that needs to actually file and it's so they file so basically all of the debt that they have that they've disclosed and everything is basically how does that well get... so a lot of people say is this going to be included in the bankruptcy and that's so not a legal term that it's hard to answer um <laughs> okay all of your debts that you owe whether you've disclosed them or not are required by law to be disclosed on the bankruptcy paperwork gotcha so i generally ask clients for a credit report there's a website for a free one it's easy to get and then supplemented by statements of their creditors. But I'm kind of at their um, control at that point because if they don't tell me, there's not really a way I can find out any more about them than yeah. what is on their credit report. Um, and so all of them are included by being listed on the paperwork, but not all of them are discharged. So yeah. the, the unsecured debt would all be discharged, barring any exceptions. Right. Um, and then the secured debts, we're going to talk about if they want to keep the asset securing the debt or not. And if they do, then it's um, usually reaffirmed or re-promised to continue to be paid. Hmm. And then we don't really do much with the priority debt, which is the government debt. It just stays there. We gotcha. don't really have to do anything to make that happen. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So there's base, three basic types of debt. Okay. And the, they're all listed on the paperwork, but are they included, meaning discharged, or are they notified when we file the case? Those are all different questions. So hmm. being included are... It's just too broad of a question to ask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So much more than you ever really thought. Yeah, about. it's. <laughs> I don't know. It, I mean, I. It's from my background. I've always been on sort of the well, you know, bankruptcy is sort of like that yeah. black hole of of awful. And and when you think about it from the other side of things, it's sort of like, well, of course, the credit card companies are saying, yeah, don't. I it's mean, horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Don't do that. Because they're the ones yeah. that are because gonna be because they're going to lose. Yeah. yeah. They are, <laughs> so. Right. And I, I generally find that your average person who's in this situation, there have been a lot of change of circumstances, yep. a major job loss, a major illness. Divorce. Yeah. Oh, divorce causes it a lot. Right. Um, I don't. I can imagine, sure. Yes. Because you go from two incomes to one. Yeah. And, I mean, we've actually, uh, Chris Alley and I have actually use the words it's cheaper to keep her um, <laughs> because of what would be split or yeah. because there's so many other fit factors that let, let's try to work this out first because if not someone's going to end up living in their mom's basement running up a credit card bill to make ends meet and right. the next thing you know divorce is done but here's all these debts and what do you do with it? Right. Right. So. Wow. Well. And it's not horrible. I mean, a lot of people say, what's going to happen to my credit? We've talked about this already earlier today. But if you have a basic Chapter 7 where you're getting rid of unsecured debt, one can generally rebuild their credit within two years of being discharged enough to buy a house. Wow. 
So you have to actively rebuild your credit. You can't sit around and pay cash for everything. But is that because it's too easy to get a house, or is that because no, you it's not anymore <laughs> really easy to get yeah. a house? Okay. But the, you said something that I think is a really important point is. I, I every once in a while run into someone who's like, well, I don't have any credit cards. I'm cash only, which in one respect, good for good, you, no right. debt. Good budget. But yeah. that also means you're not building your credit. Credit reports, or to build your credit, you have to have credit. Yeah. And, you know, you can pay your balances off every month, but if you're paying cash for everything, fine, stay on that budget charge it all to a credit card, pay it off once a month. Right. Yeah. Because that's how you'll build your credit. But one of your credit factors is length of credit and how long you've had these accounts. And if you don't use credit cards, if you don't have a car loan, if you don't have anything because you pay cash, you have no credit. No one's yeah. going to lend you any money because they don't know that you know how to manage it. Right. Even if you say, well, I pay cash for everything. That's fine. You better be able to pay cash for that house. That's right. Yeah. And not just uh, credit, but diverse credit. Diverse credit. And I didn't know this till probably partway through my bankruptcy career. You need to have, like, it helps to have a gas credit card. Mm -hmm. To me, that doesn't really make sense because if I can't pay for my food and my gas for my vehicle, I shouldn't be doing anything. Hmm. I shouldn't be doing anything else. I should just be able to live to pay in, in rent or mortgage. But um, those are basic necessities to operate, at least in the United States, in my opinion, unless you live in a bigger city and then you don't need to pay for gas, but you need to pay for public transportation. Yeah, transit, something um, like that. So those things, I don't think you should need to charge, hmm. but the, the powers that be want you to have diverse credit. So car loans, gasoline right. cards, credit cards. The right. man telling us what to do. Right. Damn the man. I'm <laughs> telling you. Right. And it all affects everything. Um, all There's about eight to ten credit factors. Um, the website I actually really like um, is called creditkarma.com. It is free. Yes, you get lots of offers for things. But they have a score simulator. So you can add whatever factors in and see what it'll do to your score. So you have... X dollars of credit card debt, what's going to happen if you pay off $2,000 of it? You'll see what most likely will happen to your score. Mm. Or, um, you know, student loans. They like to see consistent payments on student loans, but realistically, those don't hurt your credit as much as credit high credit card debt. Yeah. Right? So, what do you want to pay off first? Well, let's make the minimum payments on my income-based repayment plan for student loans, and let's pay off the credit card debt because that's going to impact your score more. Right. And other benefits like tax deductions on student loan interest. Exactly. And hmm. interest rates on student loans are way lower than credit cards. Yeah. Right. So, so you're paying less money. But I just find that that's a helpful website. Cool. And I know we send a lot of our divorce clients to it. Yeah. Um, or I send a lot of my small business, we're going to start a business type of clients mm -hmm. because they can see how they need to structure various things or if they're going to need a loan six months down the road. Okay, well, how can we improve your credit so you get the best business loan you can get? Yeah. Um, those kind of things are really important. And we just, that's a great tool to use to give you that estimate. So I definitely recommend that one as a 
review. And honestly, it if you have enough debt, it's going to recommend you file bankruptcy. Um, it's a yeah. great website. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Great, great website. So this week's sponsor, creditkarma.com. Unofficially. And it says go to the Jacob Law Group to file a bankruptcy. Yes. Maybe they'll send us free t-shirts or something. That'd right. be fun. So that, That's definitely one to look at. Okay. And I want to note while we're talking about creditkarma.com, I don't feel that their credit reports are as um, inclusive no, I as a more complete credit report. So just an FYI. Gotcha. When you bring me that credit report, I'm going to tell you to go get a different one. Yeah. Right. And, but, and 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 here's two. These are two people, folks, that I would definitely trust to uh, to say go to this website for yeah. this this kind of credit report. So annualcreditreport.com yeah. is yeah, where you want to get your credit report. There, if you Google it, there's probably a few credit there report are. places right. out there. Yeah. Right. You know, annualcreditreport.com is going to give you one free credit report from each of the three different credit bureaus mm. once a year. Yeah. Right. I always say, and I learned this from a mentor of mine go get one now and four months later get a different one mm. and then four months later get a different one from annualcreditreport.com you're going to get a free one every time and you have them spread out throughout the year so that you can monitor your credit okay if you're not already getting that service done for you from a third party right? okay but then credit, credit karma, karma credit karma is good because of the tools that's yeah awesome too. yeah but they're they're not necessarily spot on with all of their reporting but it's a good tool right so use the tools to your advantage cool so good. all right all right awesome well, hey thanks for being here jen yeah it's been fun um, bankruptcy's ev- fun bankruptcy's fun <laughs> <laughs> um i mean realistically bankruptcy is that fresh start and that's the whole point of the bankruptcy court is to help people start over it is so um that's it. That's just, that's the important thing to know. And but, I, I kind of want to just let our listeners know, and we were talking this be- about this before we started recording today, but it's not scary to come in to see me. It's not scary to come in my office. I really, as much as it's like... Well, you've you got know, all those weapons hanging up. And well, right? <laughs> the one was confiscated, but... Um, and like I the, tried, the, the trip mines and the pitfalls. It's and, overwhelming. You're already overwhelmed by the amount of mail you have that you haven't opened. I'm not going to lie. That's all, it's always going to be there, but I just try to make it as pleasant as possible. If I could have a DJ in a bar in my office, I would, but I can't. Um, <laughs> That'd be inappropriate. But someday. Someday we'll someday, be able to afford that employee. When yes. I win the lottery yes. and have my own building and yes. soundproofing, right. that will happen in probably a dog play area too. But it's not scary. I'm not scary. I'm going to tell you the honest truth, so you may not love what you hear, but it just give me a call or shoot me an email if you have any questions. Yeah, yeah perfect. And we'll yep. put her contact info in the uh, descriptor for the uh, this episode, folks. So yeah. that's so that can be easy for everybody to find. Right. So every week, Ben has a lawyer joke of Ooh, the week. It's awesome. normally a pretty bad one, but there's not. Oh, a they're lot. all terrible. Yeah, there's yeah. there's not a lot. Um, but before we get to that, um, if you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, or even suggest topics for a future episode. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. And uh, you can also follow me and Boxland Media on Facebook as well. Uh, do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with the Attorney General out every week. And if you're a Twitter user, I am at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. I haven't been on there in a little while, but uh, I, I will start 
back into that, I promise. Uh, and Jen, uh, you can try to follow her, but it, it ain't happening. So, Sorry, so, I'm are, not what? a Twitter-er. Yeah, I know. Oh. Are you on Twitter? I'm an addict, yes. Are you really? Okay. So, can Jacob, people follow you? Yep, Kajacob underscore law, C-A-J-A-C-O-B underscore law. Perfect. Um, is my business Twitter. Are All you, right. Do you actually tweet, or do you just retweet or read? I or? do a lot of retweeting. Okay. It's that whole, I want to say something that somebody shouldn't hear, so we do a lot of sharing of... Uh, really awesome, amazing, informative articles about debts and bankruptcy decisions. Well, great. Awesome. Neat. Yeah. Well, perfect. And uh, yeah, so. Great. Um, well, if you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. And if you like the show, we would really appreciate it. If you could take a few minutes out of your very busy day, head on over to iTunes and rate and review us. It really helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository and finally we would like to thank all of our listeners uh it is because of all of you that our podcast even exists if you like what you hear please hit the subscribe button and remember sharing is caring jen would you like to hear the lawyer joke of the week absolutely yes please <laughs> okay well this one i'm literally choosing at random on the fly there are lists of these by the way he's always so prepared thank you um what is the difference between a lawyer and a leech i don't know <laughs> I love it when that's the intro. That's uh, the groan. Um, uh, the leech will let go and drop off after its victim dies. Aww. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Bad joke. Oh, all right. Well, hey, until next week, everybody. I'm Ben Needenthal, and I'm Attorney Jen Route saying, "Ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it." All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.